My name is Will Malice, and I'm an assistant news editor for the Massachusetts Daily Collegian, the only student-run print and online newspaper here on the UMass campus, serving the community since 1890. And this is the official podcast for the news section of the Collegian, called the Collegian News Hour. We're recording today's episode on Sunday, October 27th, but this, like every installment of our podcast, will be released at 8 o'clock every Tuesday morning on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. So you're in the studio with me to recap the stories we have covered over the past week. Are the rest of the news team, if you want to introduce yourselves. I'm Catherine Eston. I'm an assistant news editor. I'm Chris McLaughlin. I'm an assistant news editor. I'm Abby Sharpentier, the news editor. I'm Cassie McGrath, assistant news editor. Wait, cool. So um, this past weekend was uh, homecoming. So this episode is going to be mainly focused on our coverage of all the different homecoming events. Uh, so first off, um, just as like a homecoming, like as a way to like introduce homecoming, um, Irina wrote a preview on Wednesday. Um, Irina's not here for the podcast, but um, we're just going to use her article as like um, an overview of, of what happened. So um, homecoming is just an event that celebrates students, staff, faculty, and alumni that happens every year. And a lot of alumni come to visit UMass for the weekend. This year's theme was uh, proud and loud, and it looked to bring together the experiences of students and alumni for the weekend. So there was a kickoff event. Um, there was uh, a homecoming speaker at uh, there was a homecoming block party and also a homecoming parade. Uh, in addition, uh, there was the weekend kind of culminated in a football game, uh, UMass versus UConn. And then um, during that game, homecoming royalty was crowned as well. And there was a class of 1969 reunion. So um, for the first event, uh, it was the kickoff. This was written by Sarah Abdelohad. This happened on Thursday, October 24th, and it was run by uh, University Programming Council. Uh, and in the event, students could win prizes. There was arcade-style basketball and UMass trivia. And then students also um, could win prizes by writing thank you notes to donors. Yeah, just reading this article that's um, coming out tomorrow, another huge part of the event seemed to be that uh, the university just came together um, for the first time at homecoming and just, like, enjoyed the bond that UMass brings for them and that like it was part of the alumni association but also just like current UMass students coming together with an alumni which is really what homecoming is all about. Yeah it seemed like a really fun way to like kick off the festivities. Um, so for our next article Chris you wrote about the homecoming speaker. Yeah so our homecoming speaker here at UMass uh, this homecoming weekend was Natalia Butler who graduated as Uh, with a master's degree in food science from uh, the university back in 2012. And uh, she spoke about her career as a flavor guru for the company, um, the ice cream company Ben and Jerry's. And uh, she grew up in Puerto Rico, where um, in her undergraduate studies she studied chemistry, and then she came here to UMass. Um, really fell in love with food science. Originally was thinking about maybe going to biochemistry because that's a big industry over in Puerto Rico. But she realized it wasn't for her. And after a couple of different jobs in the food science industry. She actually one day got reached out to on LinkedIn by a recruiter who had offered her an application to apply for um, the Ben & Jerry's job. But she said it was a real long shot because so many people want the job because everyone knows Ben & Jerry's. Um, It's just one of the biggest ice cream brands around. So she competed with over 700 people to get the job and then she got it and she was elated when she got it. Um, And ever since, she's been doing a lot of cool stuff with Ben & Jerry's, um, making flavors, getting into new markets, um, just really doing some very interesting things. And she shared those with uh, students uh, who were in attendance at the event. Um, And she really went through the process of how they go from 
creating a flavor to getting it to like store shelves apparently it takes between like a year and a half and like two years all when it's all said and done so it was a really interesting talk um and she seems really happy and honored to be back here at her alma mater cool that seems really like a really cool job did you talk about like the kind of the like the process of like specifically coming up with a certain flavor she did yeah so there's like an ideation stage i think is what she called it where it's there's a team of flavor gurus so they're based in vermont they also have a team based in london but she and i believe it's there's eight of them total um they basically get together and she described it kind of as like iron chef or chopped where they have a bunch of ingredients and then they kind of like come together to try and like make something with those ingredients and then they try and like start to develop that into like a flavor in a way um and get a ball rolling they'll go through all the steps of like consumers marketing uh, making sure it aligns with the company's values because ben and jerry's is a very um they have a lot of like things about sustainability and social justice in their like brand so once that's all said and done like you'll actually see a flavor appear on a store shelf either here in the united states she also helps make flavors for abroad too that sounds like a dream job. <laughs> we should get together as a news team and make an ice cream flavor. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of curious, the students that attended, did they say anything about how they felt about the speech, or did you see a trend in how students reacted? Um, there were a couple of people there who were like kind of food science-y, and there was like a Q&A at the end, and they were definitely asking a lot of questions. I'm not going to lie, it was not well attended. Um, the majority of people there were actually the organizers, um, the university programming council. Like they took a group photo at one point. I'd say there were no more than like 30 people there, um, which I was actually very surprised about. And when they took a photo of just the university programming council with, um, Natalia, 20 of them were in the shot. So it was, it was kind of interesting. I was, I was surprised that not many people attended because it was actually a pretty interesting event. Yeah, I covered the past two years of speakers for um, the series, and they're always so interesting. Like, the first one I covered was um, a contestant on The Next Iron Chef. Last year, um, the speaker, who's a UMass alum, obviously, she was a stunt woman on Black in Black Panther. So they always find these really interesting alums, but not a lot of people go to these no. kind of lectures, which is surprising. Do you think it's that they're not well publicized, or is it that there's so many events going on during Homecoming Weekend, there's too much competition? I think it's a little bit of both, because, um, like I said, I've covered this the past couple of years. I've kind of kept my eye out for this just to see who the speaker was, and they didn't really announce it until, like, a week and a half before, as, like, opposed to other Homecoming events where they've been publicized for, like, weeks and weeks before. So I think it's just a combination of both of those. Cool. So for our next homecoming event, um, I covered this. It was uh, a ribbon cutting to unveil the new Kearney Family Auditorium. That's a part of the UMass College of Education. So this auditorium is a part of Furcolo Hall, which is the home of the College of Education. And this uh, new auditorium is like a 203-seat lecture hall. It has, quote, a new state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and it um, will allow for greater group work um, among students and also it will allow the college to host, you know, large lectures and also to have, you know, maybe speaker events or seminars, stuff like that. So the the auditorium was initially built in, or at least last renovated by uh, 1962. And then by recently, it, it was like shut off and inaccessible. And the Frickle Hall was renovated um, from 2014 to 2016. 
except due to a lack of funding, um, the old auditorium wasn't a part of that those renovations. So in um, last year, uh, Paul Carney, um, he's a UMass Amherst alum of the um, Eisenberg School of Management. He was taking a tour with his um, his mom, Grace Norton Carney, who's a, a school teacher, and they uh, they saw the auditorium and noticed that it hadn't been built in or hadn't been renovated, and because of that, uh, Carney decided that he would help fund a renovated auditorium, and he also wanted to honor his mom, who had spent most of her life being an educator, to honor her through the new auditorium. So the event had um, a bunch of speakers. Uh, Chancellor Subaswamy was there, and, and he spoke. Uh, Carney himself spoke and um, showed, like, a re um, wanted to rebuild the auditorium also because he just had like a deep appreciation for education and yeah so and then they ended with the actual like ribbon cutting they had the audience because there was a lot of people there and it would have been too cramped they had uh, all the audience stay in the auditorium for the actual ribbon cutting so Carney wasn't an alum of the education department he was from Eisenberg uh no yeah he was from Eisenberg wow he's um he's done a lot for in terms of like donating back to UMass over the years this particular he wanted to dishonor his mom because she was an educator and and it's kind of like from his whole family this is the Carney family auditorium I believe in the Eisenberg building in the new part the cafe is actually called the Carney cafe right oh, I, I never heard that but that's, that's pretty interesting I think so so his name is popping up around campus more and more even the chancellor said that like he has had like a, an impact like all around campus. I think that's really great to see that he's giving back to parts of campus he wasn't necessarily involved in, but he really recognizes how important those programs are, especially at a state university. Yeah, I think I think like donations from from people who are so like alums who are so like proud of being in the school is, is really important because like Firkle Hall was renovated, but there was this like huge part of it that wasn't renovated because of a lack of funding. So it kind of, these types of donations are, are kind of, are really important for the school. Right, cool. So um, that's um, the last of our homecoming coverage we'll talk on the podcast. Um, we also have an article on the homecoming parade that's being written by uh, Megan Sorensen that should, that should be up, uh, so this is Sunday, it should be up tomorrow on Monday. So yeah, I think that's all the time we have for now. It was great having everyone listen. Tune in next time, and once again, I'm Will Malice. I'm Catherine Eston. I'm Chris McLaughlin. I'm Abby Charpentier. And I'm Cassie McGrath. And you've been listening to the Collegiate News Hour. The music for this podcast was created by Joaquin Crude and promoted by Audio Library. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a rating if you enjoyed today's episode. It really helps us out. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.